Hi folks, welcome along to another episode of Soundtracking with me, Edith Bowman. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my weekly podcast where I dive into the world of film and music. I hope this finds you well. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little fatigued today from staying up later than I should have because I had work uh, watching the Oscars last night. Um, I thought the ceremony was brilliant. I really liked the kind of format of it. I loved that orchestra and how they used them around the, the sound award categories. Well, it was great, I thought. I, I thought it was really, really great. In terms of the winners, I mean, I don't want to take away from anyone. There are just a few things I would like to have seen pick up awards. I'd love Elvis to have got some. I'd have loved Banshees of Sharon to get some as well. But that's not to take away anything from any of the winners um, who were so deserving. And it was great to see All Quiet. It was great to see Volker pick up that um, Oscar for his tremendous score for All Quiet on the Western Front. But Oscars aside, another episode of the podcast and our latest guest on soundtrack and is composer Rachel Portman. Now, Rachel's just released a beautiful album of her film music reversioned and performed by her and it's called Beyond the Screen Filmworks on Piano and it is a very beautiful thing indeed and that's the kind of reason I wanted to put Rachel out today because I'm sure many of you know Rachel was the first ever woman to collect an Oscar for composing for Emma back in 1996. How crazy is that, that it took that long for a female composer to be recognised by the Academy? And the slightly crazy thing as well on top of that is that there's only been a few other female composers who have picked up awards since then. Hilda. Hilda Godnottier has been one of them. But what I would like to point out is that there was a female composer who kind of picked up an Oscar last night because Isabel Waller-Bridge composed the beautiful music for The Boy, The Mole, The Fox and The Horse or The Horse and The Fox. I can never remember which way they go. Uh, so huge congratulations to Charlie and Isabel for your beautiful, beautiful short film and picking up the Oscar for Best Short Film. But back to Rachel, and as you'd expect, the new collection of songs features music from the Academy-winning score, so we thought that would be the best place to start, with a piece from Emma entitled Piano Suite. just surrounding myself with this this new record that you've recorded beyond the screen it's so lovely to just be reminded of the the depth of your work but in the most simplistic and beautiful way really do you mind talking a little bit about the project and how okay. it came about because I know you've been slightly apprehensive about a few things around that side of things I think is that fair to say 
Three years ago, I released uh, an album called Ask the River, which was primarily me playing my own compositions that are un un unattached to films. And although I, I did have some violin and cello in there too, which was good, but it was the first time I'd actually been myself playing apart from once or twice, you know, in, in, in films where I knew it wasn't going to be too exposed because I've always preferred to take a back seat. It's just really come into focus in the last um, few, year, few years that, you know, I, I want to perform my music and I want to, yeah, I want to record it and it all originates on the piano. And so this album is going back to really the seed of all these pieces of music, which Beautiful. is, they all, they all existed. They sounded like this, well, you know, when I, when I wrote them. Yeah. That makes it sound really easy. I did spend quite a long time um, shaping and making sure that they were faithful to what, what had ended up. And then some of them I made a bit longer and that kind of thing. But they're basically very faithful to the films that they were written for. That's such a lovely insight for us as, as film fans is to, is to get that journey, to have enjoyed the music and the films and now have this, this beautiful opportunity to, to hear it at, you know, how it started, how that journey for the music started. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of my music actually is, ends up being for, for piano. I feature piano a lot, so it's quite easy to do that. And then it's like a, a sort of, you know, then I, then I spent um, a, a while looking at, you know, what works on the piano. Actually, if you are going to slim it right down and make something so personal, you know, what is going to work and what, what film scores actually don't work quite so well. And so I had sort of these, big lists and pools and I sort of juggled with them around for quite a while and then it was like no you're not going to be in it and like that kind of thing it was, it was good it was, it was fun My next question actually was just about how you decided what you would what you would put on it because you must have your favorites you know in terms of the ones you go on with yeah this has got to be on but like that in itself is a journey isn't it like you say like the because the album's got a beautiful journey you know as you just listen to it as a piece you know and they sort of put it on and listen to it right through as, as albums should be was that an interesting and uh side of the project to kind of work out what would go on and, and the order as well you know Absolutely. No, no, it was. And also where where I might even add a cello or not. And, you know, mm. I wanted to choose, I wanted to include some pieces that are, are that I wrote for films that were less well known and that, yeah. you know, didn't really have a life in 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 a sense. And also ones that are that it's sort of like a a different sort of that vary because I, mm. I write a lot of melodies. Um, that's sort of like what I'm, what 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 I've always been most interested in, because they sort of like to me they're like storytelling, but sometimes to have a palate cleanser with a, a different kind of piece of music in there that 
you know, for example, something from human stain or from um, smoke. And so I wanted to put some other less well-known ones in there. The other thing is that, you know, when you write music for film, it's part of a film and it becomes part of the fabric of that film and it goes off out into the world as uh, belonging to something else. Mm. And in a kind of way, this album brings it back to the source and to me. And in a funny kind of way, I sort of feel like I claim these pieces again. It's funny. Yeah, they're yours again. Yeah, they are mine. Yeah. It's like kids, have, they've gone out on a journey, they've gone for there and they've come back to you. It's exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It's crazy uh, to think that, you know, you were, what was it, 96, the first female to win a, an Oscar. And that the very few women who have, you know, received that accolade since then. What do you remember about that, about 1996 and winning that Oscar for Emma? What do I remember? I remember, I remember the journey to the Oscars. I remember looking out on the freeway, standing up in this sort of limo that we were in and standing up in the, in the sort of like the fruit <laughs> thing. And looking, and as far as I could see ahead of me and behind me were just lanes and lanes of stretch limos all going to the office. It was extraordinary. I never <laughs> seen anything like that. I remember that. I remember the countdown when I was, when I had to give my speech. I remember the person flagging me down. And I, I mean, I hardly said anything, but no sooner have you started talking, but they're going 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. So rude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not that I had very much to say or just I was just reading my and yeah I mean I was really interested in people's um, acceptance speeches and their little notes I found mm. that very interesting and in seeing you know realizing that four-fifths of the people I think it's five people who are nominated that are disappointed and all those people sort of putting their little notes away and putting them back in their pockets <laughs> they've got them handy in case they win where actually in fact it takes forever to get to the stage once you have your name has been read out. Yes. Yeah. And then you have to walk and you have to walk quite slowly because you've got a cameraman on the floor in front of you going backwards. And I'm like, can we just get on this and get to the stage quicker? <laughs> get out of my way. Those are the things I remember. That's such a beautiful, a lovely, genuine insight that you don't really hear really from people. It's lovely. Yeah, thank you. The human reaction to it. The human reaction, I know. The Well, I could observe because I was, you know, I was on the outside. I wasn't part of that world. That's the great thing. You, do, you don't have to pretend. You don't really, well, I don't know. Uh, it, at certain times, I just, I was so young and I felt like 
God, I just can't even believe I got invited to the party. You know? <laughs> so this is great. So it's good. What about going back to that project and and working on Emma and and the journey of that for you? What do you remember about the creation of that score and and what that experience was like for you as a composer? Well, I had to be persuaded to do it because really, yeah, I know I did, I did because I just had my first child and. So I started it like when she was six months old and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and I just wasn't, sh- I don't know how long I would have waited, probably not an awful lot longer. Anyway, so that there was that. I loved working with Doug McGrath. Unfortunately, he died uh, about a year ago and he was a very, very funny man mm. and absolutely delightful. And he welcomed everything I wrote, which was just so nice. You, you never know with directors if they're going to be someone who can communicate really well or not. But mm. he was he was one of these really generous people who was delightful and funny and would talk you through a scene and say, look, I think, you know, it's like this. And it's very easy to write music for a film that is so well made because it's so clear what to do. And, and the film gives me something so much back, so much back to me that yeah. ideas come very easily. And it was delicious in, in its in its funniness and and it was sad at times as well yeah it and it was just a joy to do It's so interesting getting to chat to to composers for the podcast, but because every everyone's journey is so different, and almost with every film, there's a slightly different kind of um, detail about how and when people are brought on board, you know, and and what people's preferred thing is, and all that kind of stuff. Is it way before, or it's sometimes it's after filming's finished, that kind of thing. Do you have a do you have a preferred you know point that you you start work? I think, you know, I, I really like to be involved in conversations. And so many times I've st- when I've started early on a project, there's been a lot of stuff that I've written that has ended up not being in the film because simply because the film turns out to be different from what they thought they were going to make. You know, Jonathan Demi always wanted me to start really early. And on Beloved, I, I love that, working on that. Um, you know, I love working with him too. I spent a whole year on that and I went out... You know, I always went on set and spent some time with him on the yeah. films I was with him. And, you know, and I sort of got a taste of things. And he was always saying, look, please write some some stuff. And then, you know, 50% of it didn't make it in. And I mean, it's fine, but it's fine if you've got the time. But really, if you if you want to really focus in on what something needs to be, you need the film close to finished. And by that, I mean, in the last sort of three or four months of its post-production life before it's all, all finished.
And is it a combination of, you know, the script talking to you, but then if you are at that point where you're either on set watching performances or there's an edit that the performances are inspiring you as well? Is it a combination? Oh, absolutely. No, completely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and again, if you're on set and you're watching a performance, it's not the same as watching it on a screen. It's completely yeah. different but because you're first and foremost you're in the environment of all, all of the camera and the lights and all the other people around you, as opposed to the immersion of actually watching a, a person act on screen. Mm. You know, if I look at something like a film like Chocolat, I must have watched, well, I've watched Juliette Binoche act, you know, her part. And she's amazing. And I mean, her acting can withstand like, a thousand watches for each scene, which is what I would do. You know, I watch things again, again, again. And she gives so much out that it's really inspiring. So it's, you know, it's, it's great. And, you know, so I, I've become a very, um, you know, astute judge of actors over the years. <laughs> They're looking towards you for some kind of guidance and like that. Yeah. <laughs> what does Rachel think? Um, <laughs> no. I'm glad you mentioned Chocolate because that's the, you know, there's a, there's a, a few beautiful pieces on the album from from that um yeah. that film so you know that's an that's another one as well that it's the score and and it's such a character in the film you know it's it's not just people it's place as well it smells it's it's just so many it kind of almost is a, is a a kind of partner to so many things you know to the characters to the location to the way that colors and smells are kind of really i feel heightened in that film as well yeah, thank you, thank you. And also, there's a real, there's a really whimsical quality to the film itself. And there's, of course, there's, there's this chocolate that's in it as as well, which is, you know, and taste. I mean, writing music for for there's a scene, a dinner scene where everybody eats chocolate really, really slowly, and it's in slow slow motion. And you see, you just see the, the these people eating with delight this chocolate. <laughs> What could be more fun to write the music for that? It was really fun. I, I wrote that score in a really, really quick amount of time. I had like three and a half weeks to do it. And wow. You know, and, but it was so, it was so easy again, because the film offered up so much. And I love that sort of storytelling um, world of France, you, you know, that was sort of, I mean, it is, it's, it, it, it's, when you say that it, it has so much character in the filming that, it made it very easy for me to think, oh, I just, th this is what, 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 you know, I, I'm inspired.
Well, you you opened the album with um, "Sweet" from Cider House Rose as well, which is um, yeah. Uh, it, what, the other great thing about this album is you go, oh god, I haven't seen that in ages. So it makes you kind of it's got a, it's, my, it's got my to watch list. It's that kind of thing. It's lovely to be reminded to go and watch films. You know when you go, oh yes, there that and also um, uh, never let me go. Just two films I can't wait to try and watch this weekend. It's kind of yeah. like oh yeah, working with Lasse on on cider house rules and. It's a fantastic film and I haven't watched that in such a long time. I'm so looking forward to that experience of watching that film again. What do you remember about about that experience and working with, with Lasse on that? Yeah, well, yeah, it, it was, I enjoy working with Lasse a lot. He's a very sensitive director. He's very good at directing children and, you know, young people. And I mean, he has a really good sense of, of that. I mean, I think the orphanage scenes are so moving in Side House what do I remember about that? I remember it being, it, it was long and I <laughs> I did a whole score and then Lassie said, I think you need to write some more material because we don't have enough me- melody and themes, which is always, a, and and so I had to go back in and do it again and, and sort of wow. dig deeper. And I'm really glad he did that because the score got much better. And I think I hadn't had long enough the first time, my first mm-hmm. go at it. By having this extra time, I actually wrote that main theme for the side house then. And a lot of the music that I wrote, that I had written, ended up still in the film, but it needed, it just needed a big, big major theme. So you, you never know how things are going to turn out, but that that was a slightly more complex um, sort of uh, yeah. go around with that. because it's that kind of fine line as a creative that in the difference between working on a film or working on you know your own compositions is that it's the collaboration it's the facilitating of the whole the bigger picture isn't it that's it's that kind of thing but also to get to that point to understand that it's not a personal criticism it's just it's for the good of the film, for the good of the story. But to be able to take that, it's, it's kind of, t- I imagine it takes a little while to be able, okay, yep, okay, I hear you. I mean, every single time, you know, as a, every single time I write something and every single time I present it on a film, you're there, you're offering part of you, part of you. Yeah. And you, you're there to serve the film and you've got to realize that. So you can't be too precious about anything. But, but of course, when, when things are, like nope, go back and go back to the drawing board, or go back and do this. You know, it's a 
it's a difficult thing because it's yeah. like and then often in hindsight you can think I mean more often than not I think no that was probably a good call I could have done you know something more there or not always so sometimes it's like what you're making me do this again and again and again and what is it we I don't know how to I don't know what it is you want you know it's sort of <laughs> that I have had that experience too the performances in Never Let Me Go, how how much did that kind of triangle of characters, you know, those amazing young actors at the time, you know, the three of them who were just at that, just at that point where they were about to kind of be propelled into the stratosphere that they are in now sort of thing. And I loved Alex's screenplay, actually, of that. I thought it was it was really, really great. Yeah, no, no, it it was. I, re- I really loved it. I, I came onto that and... They were really, really unsure about what to do about music. And oh, wow. they had been agonizing over it and gone down a few paths that hadn't felt right. And and I think they were grappling with the fact that it was such a horrible subject. You know, I mean, not when I say horrible, a difficult subject. Yeah. You know, harvesting human organs and things. And I came in and I just sort of completely ignored that. And like a lot of his work, actually, it's all about the heart and it's all about love. And and how much time you have with somebody. That's to me exactly what Never Let Me Go is all about. And so I just wrote music about that. And suddenly they said, Oh, that's what we needed all along. We needed something that was, you know, sort of gonna that wasn't gonna be science fiction or whatever and cold. And and so yeah, that's so I was I I became a solution, which was good. Nice. How much does that persuade you with, you know, taking on a project, you know, the director, whether it's, you know, someone you've worked with before or having the opportunity to work with someone new? Is that a a kind of appealing thing for you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Part of my decision is talking to a director and seeing how they talk about the the film that they're working on and whether they, yeah, how they talk about it. it. I mean, you can tell so much. And also what they you know the kind of things that they've done before and how how we get on you know mm. as, as well sort of initial meetings and stuff so yeah all those decisions are kind of important you just reminded me when you were talking about um Kazuo I, I saw him recently at the some film awards thing with his wonderful Scottish wife Naomi mm. who's brilliant she is a force of nature I love when she's around she's just like so much fun she's great I love Belle as well Oh, good. I good. loved, I love, and we had um, Ama on the, the podcast ages ago, actually. 
I wish she would do more. She just sort of never it's kind of, you know, I know she's busy. She's clearly busy doing things, I think, but I just I really, you know, I really get excited when I hear that there's a new Amasanti project coming and Belle yeah, in particular, I thought, was no, such an important film. It was an important film. Yeah, Amma's wonderful. She really, really is. And such a great, a great person, a great human mm. being, and a great, great director. And Belle is a wonderful film. Yeah. Unfortunately, I couldn't, I, that, that, I didn't. I, I didn't feel that that would translate well to the piano, which is why it's not included on the album. Um, but I could have done. It's in the. It, it, it's. It was sort of in the balance, you know, whether to or not. But I. I sort of kind of wish I had now. Uh, I enjoyed working on that a lot. But it's something that's kind of quite clearly period as well for you. Is that something that you, how do you approach that? Because there's there's kind of almost, there's, there's two camps to it, isn't there? There's that sort of embracing of it and then almost trying to yeah. to kind of fight against it in a way. Yeah. And I guess, I guess every different, every film has its own particular feeling around that and what's right and what's not sort of thing. Every period film has a, you know, there's a different take on things. So mm. for example, Emma, I scored that definitely with a classical orchestra. You know, there were no guitars in there. Yeah. There were no, you know, saxophones or anything like that. And it felt very comfortable and natural. And I think I probably would have had, well, and I know I did actually, but at, at that, when I was working then, I had many more self-imposed rules or slight rules about, you know, well, there wouldn't be a guitar in, that, in Emma because it's a period film. Now I wouldn't feel like that at all. But it's interesting how things change and how I change over the years and you know evolve basically mm-hmm. when it when it's a documentary as well you know like with something like Julia mm-hmm. you know is it is is that a different approach to to what you I don't know is it a different do you approach it differently to a to than a feature or um I don't really approach a documentary any differently to yeah I mean it it's the film that dictates how you're going to approach it and mm-hmm. Julia was made it, although it was a documentary, it was very dramatic. And so a lot of my music was like, you know, building themes and coming to a climax and then falling away, you know, and that was the way they'd cut these scenes together, you know, with is the book going to get published or not or whatever. And so there'd be this building, building, and then it would sort of disappear. And then there'd be sequences that were very funny. And so I could have real fun with that as, as well. And yeah, so what, I didn't feel like I was sitting in the background sort of writing long tranches of music that could then be sort of like lifted and put in or to, to cover a few scenes. 
the music was always working dramatically. you'll take the album out live I'm not sure I will not the whole oh. thing not the whole <laughs> thing I don't think um because that no but I'm, I'm 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 happy to play you know one or two um but I'm not I'm not going to take the whole thing out no I've got two I've got them too busy yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me what's coming up tell me what we can look forward to or what can you talk about I'm working on a tv series at the moment for Showtime on King Shaka and wow. then I'm going to, I've got a couple of um, classical commissions with, uh, one, one's with Lucy Crowe. I don't know if you know The Soprano. Oh, she's amazing. I do quite a lot of, um, and Nick Drake is, I'm doing it with oh. him. I do quite a lot of um, uh, concert commissions. So I divide my time between the two things. But I've also got another TV project, which I can't talk about because it's not completely okay. nailed down yet. So between those things. And I'm going to do another um uh, piano album yes all of, uh, uh, myself see I think that this is what things like BAFTAs and, and Oscars should be doing it should be it should be kind of sets like have you on and play something oh, that would just be amazing just you know you at the grand piano in between awards which is oh, oh yes. so gorgeous it'd be amazing uh, here you. please welcome the first woman to win an oscar for music <laughs> um it would be so great at least and then maybe we have hilda on her cello after absolutely totally oh, it'd be yeah, bloody brilliant yeah, yeah absolutely great. we can dream we can dream Rachel. Yeah, we can. <laughs> um well listen it's it's so lovely to get to chat to you i'm such yeah. a fan and it's just um it's lovely to to hear this um yeah, thank you for letting us into the journey of these pieces. It's just really great, lovely to hear the 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 seed of these wonderful pieces and on this album. So, um, oh, thank you. yeah, it's been lovely to chat to you. You too, Rachel. Have a great day. Thank you for your time. Okay, thanks. Okay, bye. Take care. Bye.
from her album Beyond the Screen, that's Goodnight You Kings from the Cider House Rules, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with Academy Award winning Rachel Portman. My huge, huge thanks to Rachel for taking the time to talk to me. Beyond the Screen is out on Sony Music Now and is a real trip down memory lane. As I said to Rachel, it's lovely to be reminded of a beautiful collection of films and to take the time to go and revisit them or visit them for the first time. Congratulations to everyone who had success at the Oscars, including, of course, recent guest on the show, Volker Bertelman and Edward Berger for All Quiet on the Western Front. And you can hear my interview with them at edithbowman.com or wherever you get your pods. And you can also hear quite a few of this year's nominees on there as well. So please do go and search for them. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter we are at Soundtracking UK and we also have a little YouTube channel for you to subscribe to next up and we love getting behind new talent new films things that are really exciting us and there is a new film called Roy Lane that is coming out in cinemas this coming Friday the 17th of March so if you're thinking about going to the cinemas this the cinemas or a cinema this Friday go and check out Roy Lane it's directed by Rain Alan Miller it is her first feature film and she is our guest on next week's podcast so Rain Alan Miller joins me to discuss her debut feature Roy Lane I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then <laughs> 